0: Today's sermon title is called, it's titled, today's sermon is titled Grow Up. <laughs> Grow up. And I want to read you something um, that I found interesting. And, start, and it's called If. It's called If. I didn't write this myself, but uh, I can relate. If you can live without coffee or sweets if you can be cheerful, ignoring the aches and pains of life, if you can resist complaining, if you can understand when your loved ones are too busy to give you the attention that you want at that time, if you can can take criticism and blame without resentment, if you can ignore a friend's limited education, and never correct him or her. If you can resist treating a rich person better than a poor person. If you can face the world without lies or deceit. If you can conquer tension without medical help. If you can relax without alcohol. If you can sleep without the aids of drugs. If you can honestly say that deep down inside, you have no prejudice against creed, uh, color, age, religion, gender, or politics, then you have almost reached the same level of spiritual development as my dog. So congratulations! Let's give ourselves a round of applause. Woo! Woo! While we're doing that, now you give me the water, please. I'm sorry. All right, all right, so uh, that's something to celebrate, right? I mean, we're, all, we're growing, we're growing, we're growing, thank you, we're growing. On a serious note, though, on a serious note, uh, the truth is that many of us do need to grow up, um, we, do th- we do need to grow up um, with our, in, in our walk with God, and I know that uh, this is not an, an easy pill to swallow, because we all will say, well, I'm good where I'm at, you know, I've been doing good. You know, I don't need anyone telling me where, where, uh, where I'm falling short. We, who likes that? I mean, if you're home, do you like to be told where you're falling short? Do you like to be told where you could do better? Because honestly, not all of us do, right? But we need to understand that our walk with God isn't just, um, okay, I'm satisfied here. I'm good here. This is where I'll stay. In our walk with God, we can never be satisfied with our current status with God. We always should be desiring more, to grow more, to develop more as we grow closer and closer to the Lord. Amen? Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. It says, When I was a child... I spoke as a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. There was so much I could have said today in today's sermon about the difference between men these days and men back in my father's days. Because I can't even say mine. These days... And my father's day is a difference between men, but I, I wasn't gonna, I'm not going to i am going to take it there. I let the Lord and the Holy Spirit work in the, in those areas. Amen. When a sinner accepts Christ as his or her personal Lord and Savior, something supernaturally happens. That individual is born again, born again into the family of God. In that moment of being born again into the family of God, this person is now a child of God. Now, uh, we mentioned briefly in in, um, Bible study on Thursday night, we kind of touched on this in our conversation, that there's a misconception in the world. And we hear this so many, we're all children of God. How many people have heard that, right? We're all children of God. We're all children of God. We're all children of God. and You know, somebody said that somewhere down the line, and it's been repeated over and over and over again. Just repeat it. Oh, that sounds good. You're right. That, sound, that sounds about right. Let me just repeat that. And as, as lovely as it sounds, it's incorrect. Because not everybody has professed Christ as their Lord and Savior. So therefore, not everyone has been born again. Therefore, not everyone is a child of God. Now, if you want to say something about the world that sounds nice, we say we are all God's creation. Because that's truth, you know, and that's biblical. We are all the creation of the Lord, right? We are, God has created all of us. So instead of saying we are all children of God, we can change our vocabulary to say we are all children. God's creation. Now we don't have to ever mess up, and, and now we know the difference. Amen? The thing is, becoming a child of God is great. It's awesome. But it doesn't stop there. I mean, who wants, you know, I mean, I mean, I know that Toys R Us, right, uh, used to have a slogan, like, I don't want to grow up. I'm just a Toys R Us kid. I mean, I, I know there's people like, Toys R Us, what is that? Uh, <laughs> but it, there was a slogan back there that, that, that people would say, I don't want to grow up. But the reality is that we all have to grow up. And so being a child of God is great. And the feeling is awesome. And the thing is, you can't stay there. There needs to be growth. There needs to be development as you continue your walk with God. You know, there are some things that help our growth. And, you know, I, people will say, man, Pastor, you are beating this. Like, you are beating a dead horse. thing is, I have to. Um. When you get connected to a small group, when you get connected to a Bible study, when you get connected to those that are praying, when you get connected and, and, and it's just not me, and I can't just say, this is great, I'm glad you're watching, but just tuning in on a Sunday may not cut it, right? And so what happens is when you get connected with the community of Christ, then what happens is it helps the development of your growth. Let me give you an example. If I were to take a three-year-old, and put a three-year-old in a room all by him or herself. And then I take a three-year-old and put the three-year-old in a room with a five-year-old, a six-year-old, um, a ten-year-old, a two-year-old, a different, group, different age ranges, right? And then we scientifically observe the development of both three-year-olds. I'm pretty certain that the three-year-old that's with the the various age groups will begin to develop in areas where the three-year-old that's completely by him or herself will not. Because this three-year-old is experiencing a community. This, this three-year-old uh, is experiencing, um, seeing the, the, the reactions and seeing the effects and the results of what this person did and what that person did and the testimony of this child. And so what's happening is this three-year-old is developing in ways that this three-year-old by itself cannot. And that goes the same within the body of Christ. I mean, through this whole pandemic, there have been people who have told me, Pastor, I just, don't feel, I just feel alone. I feel alone, I feel disconnected, I feel like, I feel like uh, uh, the whole world's caving on me. I said, well, you, I haven't seen you around at all. You know you have a family. You know you have a church family that loves you. You know you have a church family that's there for you. And you know what? Things are different. Things have been different for like, what, 10 months now, 9 months? The thing is, but we've adapted. We've overcame the obstacles. I, I'm proud to say that everyone who has participated, you know, all the leadership and, and everyone who has served, they have made it possible for Lighthouse to have, like, you know, viewing online. We have prayer. when We had either conference prayer or in-person prayer. We have Bible studies online. We have multiple different types of Bible studies. You know, we have youth group either o- online as well. We have children online. We've made it so easy. Personally, this is the easiest time to be involved in church. It doesn't involve you getting in your car. You don't even have to get dressed. You know what I mean? You don't, if, you are, if you are like some people that don't like to be around people, you don't have to be around anybody. And you can still be involved. The thing is, we can't make it any easier because now it's up to you to say, I want to be part of the community. I want to be part of the family. I need to grow. I need to develop. I need to feed myself and and, and be taught because guess what? Before you can lead and serve, you need to learn. The best leaders are the best students. I think I went off in a whole other direction. (sighs) Huh. But pastor, pastor, doesn't the Bible say we need to be like children? Somewhere I was told that, somewhere I read that. I'm going to show you where it says that, okay? Matthew 18, verse 3. It does say that. It does. It says, then he said, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Well, pastor, you're telling me we need to grow up and not be, throw away all the childish things, but then Jesus is saying we need to be like, no. let's, Let's understand the context of the verse. Jesus is saying we need to be like children when it comes to humility and faith. Humility and faith, and that's when we need to be like children. You ever notice how trusting children can be? How believing children can be? You can pretty much tell them anything. I was painting painting in the house several months ago, a couple months ago, and um, Abigail was with me. She's my sidekick, right? She's my little sidekick. And I was like, how am I going to paint with this three-year-old not touching anything? So I came up with a plan. Don't crucify me, parents that are better than me. All right, so my plan was, my plan was, I'm gonna tell her that if she gets too close to the paint, the touch, the touching of the paint and the smell of the paint will make her nose fall off. (laughs) And let me tell you, she didn't go near the paint. She 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 even panicked a couple times when she kinda smelled it a little bit. She's like, I, I think I smell it. Is my nose? I was like, no, just get further away. Just get further away. You'll be fine. And so I painted almost like the whole first floor of the house. And she never touched a wall. She never touched the bro- I mean the the, the brushes or nothing. She believed me. She believed And nah, I felt bad afterwards. Because I, you know, um, I also painted the wall that goes up along the stairs. And, and when it was time to go up and down the stairs, she was like doing like a, a James Bond move to, to like be as close to the railing as possible as a weight from the wall. And eventually I said, oh no, it's dry now. It's dry. Don't worry, it doesn't work anymore. You know, I have to tell her, it, it's dry now. Your nose will be fine. <laughs> Amen. But this is how Jesus says we should be when we embrace him. Whatever he says, all right, I believe you. I trust you. Whatever you want me to do, however you want me to do it. He wants us to be like children in that aspect. Now, let's not confuse having childlike faith with having to grow in maturity in our faith. It's two different things. Childlike faith is different than maturing in your faith. And we're going to look at what that looks like a little further. Pastor, I'm a grown man. I'm a grown woman. You're telling me to grow up. Let's just, let's just, let's just continue. Put that aside. Don't be offended. The greater part, the main thing of what this verse uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, 11 is, is, is dealing with, right? It has, to, uh, understa- it has to do with an understanding of, of heaven the understanding of heaven, of the coming kingdom of God, right? Basically, while we're here on earth, no matter what knowledge or revelation or prophecy that we're given, we still will not know it all. This, this, is, this is the context of, of, this, of this verse, right? We're not going to know it all, and, 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 and no matter how much we think we know it all, we won't. But I want to read the verses before it to help understand some things. 1 Corinthians thirteen eight to 10 It says, Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, but where there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, meaning we don't know it all, right? And we prophesy in part. Again, we don't know it all. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When we will know it all, when we'll know what we need to know is is when we are in the presence of God. When we are in the presence of God. For now, we have partial knowledge, right? Like a child's understanding is limited. And until he grows into manhood, and to an adult, you know, then, then he knows more things. So that's the context of the verse. But there's an element here that Paul makes. There's, there's another element to this that I wanted to focus on today. And Paul is saying, when I became a man, I gave up the childish ways. Now, what he's talking about, he's talking about the natural uh, progression, right, the natural progression of our spiritual lives of our spiritual lives. Um, remember, Paul's uh, Paul's writing to the church of Corinth, and they had a lot of childish ways. He had a lot, he had, they had a lot to give up. They had a lot to put away. They had a lot to change. So if we're going to grow up and we're going to mature in our walk, if we're going to mature and grow up in our faith, then there's three childish things that we need to do. First one is it's time to let go of our childish speech. Children usually have limited or developing speech, vocabulary, or so forth, right? Um, but you understand, no matter how old a child is, you can always pretty much gather that the focus of their speech is about themselves. It's about themselves. You know, it's definitely, uh, it, it's, it's, it's always about themselves, about what they want. Wait, people are looking like, not my child. No, pastor. My child thinks of others. My child puts others first. Okay, then, 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 then your child is the exception. But for the most part, children think about themselves. What they speak about is usually what they have done or what they're going to do. About what they want to eat or what they've eaten. How they, uh, 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 what they want for themselves or how they feel at that moment. What they wish, where they want to go. Listen, if I ever run into Blippy personally, I'm going to have to have a couple words with Blippy. Cuz Blippy travels the country to these amazing children places that I can't take my daughter to. And then she's watching Blippy saying, "Daddy, daddy, I wish I could do that." I'm like, uh, I know, baby, I know." She's, "Daddy, daddy, I, I wish I can go there." I'm like, I know. I wish I could go there too. That looks pretty fun, you know. Like, I mean, I mean, what else can you do? And The thing is, but but her conversation is about me. When I tell her that's in California somewhere, she doesn't care. Let's, let's let's go. Get in the car. Let's go. I tell her it's really far, and she's like, uh, we could take a plane. I'm like, yeah, we could, but I'm not gonna pay to take a plane to go to California to go to this playland. <laughs> Do you think some of us are guilty of this now? You know, being adults. You know, adults that have been serving God for quite some time now. 1 year, 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever you want. Whatever number you put in there, could this be us? Is our walk about what we need? You know? Do you speak to God? Because we're talking about speech, right? Do you speak to God <laughs> and, 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 and you're telling him how, what you want only? Are you self-centered in your conversation with the Lord? Listen, that's the worst thing you could do. You have an opportunity to talk to the creator, the almighty. He's in, he's in control of everything. And he already knows your heart. He already knows your needs. He already knows your desires. He knows these things. And when you go before him, you just talk about yourself. Yeah, that makes him, that that tickles his feathers, right? That's a question I want to ask God when I get there. Like, how did you feel? Talk to me. When people would just talk about themselves, what did that do in you? Focus of the speech. And, the, and how about their content of speech? The content of a child's speech is, is, you know, there was a show back in the day, Children Say the Darnest Things. Was that a real show, right? Children Say the Darnest And it was hilarious. Why was it funny? Why was that even so funny? Because you didn't know what a child was going to do. You didn't know what they were going to say, the content of their words. You don't know. It could be funny, hilarious. Uh, it could be embarrassing. Like You never know what a child is going to say but we understand that children are sponges. And this is why, parents, please, it's so important that you're careful about what you're saying and doing in front of your children. What you're letting them watch, what you're letting them hear, because it's all going to come right back out. It's all going to come back right back out. Pretty much, the content of speech it is the end result of what goes in their ears and eyes. That's, most of the, that's, that's pretty much the content of a child's speech. What's the content of your speech? Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. We're not called to repeat everything that we hear or see in this world, especially the society that we're living in, the society that we're a part of. We understand that we are in this world, but we're not of this world. We, we we're living here, but we shouldn't be absorbing all this junk that, that this world has to offer. Our speech should not reflect what, ref, what, what this world represents. Our speech should reflect what his word represents. Our speech should represent what his presence represents. Like this, uh, this, there's a difference here. What is our speech representing? What's the content of our speech? Does the content of our speech uh, reflect a relationship with God? Or does the content of our speech reflect a relationship with the world? And there are some Christians in church that their speech is more a reflection of the world than it is of the word. And that's only because you spend more time in worldly things than in Christ-like things. We've been called to speak differently. We've been called to, to, to let nothing corrupt come out of our mouths. You know, we have to ask ourselves, am I tearing people down with my words? When I speak to somebody, do I tear them down or am I building them up? Am I insulting them? Am I name-calling them? You know, do I use sarcasm in a way that deflates their, 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 their motivation? I used to work with somebody, and um, as a manager, sometimes when we had tech issues, we'd call a tech rep. We'd call in a tech rep. And I had a specific tech rep that nobody ever wanted to call in. And uh, many times we try to figure out our own solutions. And the very last resort was called this tech rep because what happens is if you we would call him in and we say, listen, we, we need help with this area and we don't know what to do. And then he would look at us like, well, did you try this? I mean, everybody knows to do that. Or how about this? You probably didn't even try this. You probably and the way that he spoke to us would deflate our our. our, our our desire to, to, to really learn. It would deflate our desire to feel confident in ourselves. Any, any interaction with this tech rep, we were, we were definitely not confident at the end of the day. Man, I mean, I, I thought I knew something. I've been here 13 years. I thought I knew something. I, maybe I don't know anything at all. Maybe it was all an illusion. And you begin to question yourself. Are you doing that to people? As Christians, we're supposed to walk and speak in truth, encourage, motivate, not exaggerate things, not deceive, not manipulate things, but to speak honestly with grace and love. It's a sign of maturity in your walk with God. The content of our speech should edify, but it should also fuel their faith, as you speak love and truth, so we need to let go of childish speech, and and we saw the focus in speech. We see the content of speech, and there's one more thing called the quality of speech. And the quality of speech, right? What we usually do to to judge. The quality speech of a child is say, well, the child is two years old, so that sounds about right. They're about speaking the right way or saying the right things or it sounds okay. Oh, the child's four. All right. And, and so we, we have our own systems as parents. It's like, oh, they just sound so cute and things like that. They're saying the right words. They're saying, you know, they're not using slang. Slang can be funny, but you still want to teach your children proper use of, of words, right? You know, slang is just a joke on the side, but you still want them to learn how to speak properly so they can best represent themselves and you. The quality of speech, um, is our quality of speech a form of biblical slang? Things that we've heard before that we just continue to repeat like we mentioned earlier? Oh, we're all children of God. We're all children of God. Is that, our, is that the quality of our speech that we just repeat, 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 repeat? Or is our quality of speech biblical and truth? Good quality such that, that it attracts others to it as opposed to reject. If we're going to grow up, We need to let go of childish speech. We also need to let go of childish thoughts. Childish thoughts. When I was a child, I used to dream a lot. Something happened as I got older, I don't dream as much. Um, I don't know why. (laughs) But I used to dream a lot when I was younger some were like amazing realistic dreams you know the ones that your heart's like <gasps> and then you think you're in there and then you wake up and then you're like oh it was a dream but then all of a sudden you wake up again for real you know like i, I used to have so many dreams you know uh, and and i kind of like that i, I kind of like my dreams to be intense i, I kind of like that feeling it was weird right some were so realistic and some were like magical fairy tale like fake stuff that like you know what's not real like you know you're in a dream like oh let me enjoy this while i'm sleeping For a child, it's easy to be a dreamer. It's easy to be a dreamer when you're a child. Come on, most of us remember being in class, and every once in a while, you just lost yourself, and you were in a daydream. You know, you forgot you were in class, and all of a sudden, you're like in your own world, in your own dream, and you're awake. It was easy to do that when you're a child. You can't do that anymore. (laughs) Some people get fired for that. Can't do that anymore. It's easy to be a dreamer, but it's so much harder to be a doer. Listen to me. Listen to me. There are people that will dream. (sighs) There are people that will dream their lives, that will dream all their lives away. And there are those that will live their dreams. There are some that will just dream away throughout their lives. And there are some that will live their dreams. The difference between the two people is the maturity of each person. The maturity of each person. A mature person realizes there needs to be some steps taken, some action taken, some sacrifices that have to happen in order to reach those dreams. An immature person would just keep dreaming. This goes hand in hand with the focus of speech because what usually, right, what usually kids are thinking, they're gonna say, right? And so what happens is um, kids will say things without a care in the world. So we already talked about the things that they could, you know, they'll say the darnest things, like, right, the show. But the thing is, they'll say it without caring. They they don't they don't care. They don't know the consequences of some of their words, or or the consequences of of, you know putting people out there. They don't know that. They'll they'll put all your business out there. I'm I'm talking about you, Caden. I'm talking about you, Caden. I love Caden. I love Caden, but if you want, if you wanna, if you ever want to get the juice, Caden <laughs> is your man. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of but but even, uh, even even with that, a lot of their thinking is still revolved around themselves. You know, a way we can see if we're spiritually immature is to ask yourself, "What are you thinking like about? Are you thinking like a child?" Are you thinking like a child? You know, what, what does this mean? Well, kids are takers more than they're givers, right? They're, they, they take, they take, they take. They don't, they don't give as much. And, and so, um, so, so are, are we thinking about what could we get and not what we can give? Are we thinking about playing all day? Abigail, I mean, I don't know. She doesn't get tired. She, she, I wish it was a, a, a turn off button sometimes. You know, if she takes a late nap, that means she's going to bed later. And if she's going to bed later, then that's already me. Camille and I are both already kind of drained while she's still up. And then she's like, Mommy, Daddy, let's play. Let's play. I'm like, oh, Abigail, please. Play with the dog. (laughs) You know, like, and and it's funny because sometimes I think our dog gives us these looks like, what? No! (laughs) Save me. Um, But it's the truth. It's the truth. The mind is like calibrated to like, "I want to have fun. I want to do what is only fun." Mm-hmm. I want to be entertained." Well, these days, many Christians only think about themselves as well. Never at lighthouse, just in general, you know, Just in general, not here. Their focus is going to church with what's in it for me. I'm going to go to church because I want to see what's in it for me. What can I get out of it? You know, they'll sit down. They'll, they'll, uh, they'll sit. They'll receive. They'll take. They'll receive an amazing blessing. Oh, worship was amazing. Oh, the world was powerful. They, they, they received such a blessing. Go home and never Give. They never allow God to use them as a blessing to others. It's about me. Me. What can I get? How can I feel? How can I enjoy this? Listen, God gave us all gifts. He gave us all gifts. There's a purpose. There's a reason why he gave us all gifts. There's a reason why he gave us different gifts. There's a reason why that, 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 that if we, uh, we bring in all these different gifts together, it flows. You know, the body of Christ is powerful when all our gifts are used together. So we're, we're, we're part of the body of Christ. Imagine if the foot decides to say, I'm going to take a break today. I'm just going gi- to be a taker, not a giver. I want to be, uh, what's it pedicured. I want to be rubbed. I want lotioned up. I want all the dead skin scraped off. It sounds nasty, but I see all y'all do it all the time. I want my foot to be nice and soft. I want to be, and so the foot takes off because he's only thinking about what he wants. I want to spend a day in the spa. It's just about me. I'm going to be a consumer. I'm not going to be a disciple. Church, if a piece of the body decides to take a day off, and in this case the foot is deciding to take a a day off, then it cripples the body of Christ. It cripples it. It's not going to stop what God's going to do. God's going to do it. A cripple could still get to point A to point B, but it'll cripple it. Proverbs 23, uh, uh, verse 7, 7a is the first part of the verse. The Bible says, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. The question is, what kind of man, what kind of woman do you think you are? Be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. No, you don't have to tell nobody. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be embarrassed. But, but honestly, ask yourself, what type of man, what type of woman are you? Are you committed in your walk with God? And if you are committed, what are the things that you are doing that, that, that is a result of your commitment to God? It's not about, and I know, I know sometimes it may sound about like uh, uh, attending church, uh, serving church, being a part. Listen, you have to change your mentality. When you do it at church, it's a result of knowing why you do it, but we do this for the kingdom of heaven. This is why we do it. The thing is, you guys have access to helping and serving within the ministry of Lighthouse. But everything we do here is not for Lighthouse. It's for the kingdom of God. When you understand that, it might change something in you. Lastly, lastly, we need to let go of childish reasoning. But isn't that the same as thinking? No. Uh, not really. Reasoning. You know, your understanding of certain things. It's clear that there are some phases to understanding, right? There's, there's a process. You can't expect a child to understand algebra, to make reason with it, versus an 11th grader or so. It, there was a process. There was some growth that, that now this high schooler has some reasoning behind certain things that this child does not yet have as we all start to understand as a child, and as we grow and mature, we eventually start understanding as an adult. However, Paul is addressing, in this case, adults that are still reasoning like children. And if Paul is addressing adults that are still reasoning like children, that means, because, you know, people don't change, Generations change our environments, but we as people are pretty much the same. That means that today there are also adults that are reasoning like children. What does that mean? You know, like you don't think things through. You're quick to jump the gun. You know, uh, uh, you, you have vague view on things, but then you think you know it all. You know, you, you saw a clip on YouTube or Facebook, and now you're a, 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 an expert. A doc, you have a doctorate in it. <laughs> we should give out Facebook uh, uh, doctorate awards or something. PhD, like, we're like yeah. <laughs> Don't be offended. It's a joke. It's a true joke. It's true, but it's still a joke. You know, jump the gun, we're vague on things. We don't understand things thoroughly, but, but, but we're, we're so quick to, to cast judgment, go to conclusions so quickly. As adults, right, now, hopefully, through the years of misjudging people <laughs> and the years of making the many mistakes that we've made in our lives, we should be at a place where we're more mature with some of our reasoning, where we've learned not to jump to conclusions. We've learned uh, to, to, to hear out the full story. or We've learned to say Wikipedia is not the only source or a credible source. You know, I, I, we've learned that. We've matured. You know, our, our understanding is that Wikipedia is not the god of information. Somebody's like, it's not? <laughs> Please, don't use Wikipedia to, as, as uh, your reference to answer things. 1 Corinthians 14, 20, the first part of it says, Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. There's so much to this verse, and the second half is powerful, but I want to continue to focus just on this for a moment. And it says the difference between a child's reasoning and understanding versus an adult's. So you have an adult that's here with their reasoning, their understanding, and you have a child here with their reasoning and understanding. What's the difference? What 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 changed? What 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 made this understanding different than what their understanding is here? And it's simple. It's simple. You see, the adult has experienced situations, has acquired knowledge, has gone through some experiences in life that have developed and matured, right? The understanding and reasoning of this individual. This child has not gone through the experiences, has not yet gained the knowledge to then have the same reasoning. So this child is going to have the reasoning of a child. So the thing is, knowledge and experience. So if we're to grow in our faith, mature in our faith, then knowledge, well, I mean, simple, the Word of God, right? So are you filling yourself? Are you filling yourself with knowledge of His Word? Because see, if you fill yourself with the knowledge of his word, then it will, uh, it will grow your understanding and your reasoning as a believer. Are you seeking to experience his presence? When you are in the presence of God, I think every time you, you have a powerful moment with God, right? Like, like. And it doesn't have to be at church, it could be in your room, it could be in the laundromat, it could be anywhere, but God He doesn't discriminate where He will He will just come down and just lay you out. You could be anywhere and just be like, yo, I need you. And now suddenly He can flood that room with a presence so powerful it will change your life. And every time we experience moments like that, it's growth. Because then when you're in a dry spot one day, you don't result to the immature. Ah, uh, he's not here anyway. No, you result, you know what? I remember, and I'm going to seek his presence once more. My reasoning is not that he's abandoned me. My reasoning is perhaps I need to seek him more right now. However, um, I mentioned filling yourself with the knowledge, and this is a PSA. So this is kind of like a, 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 a PSA to do with knowledge. I know the sermon is not about this, but I, I want to throw this in there. I felt this important. When we're filling ourselves with knowledge, we have to, uh, there, there are going to be some challenges that we face some people, not all people. Um, but there are some people that will, that will fill themselves with knowledge and knowledge and knowledge and knowledge and knowledge and, knowledge and will lack complete application. Their purpose for filling themselves with knowledge is to say, I know that the Bible says. Or oh, I read this and the Greek says this and the Hebrew this. And, and, they, and they walk around like the Pharisees did, feeling better than all those beneath them because they know so much. But you know what? That's even worse. It, I mean, I look, at, I look at Christians like that, and, and usually, usually they're Christians because they're in the Word, right? Right? So-so? Maybe? That could be a theological debate as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, they, 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 they fill themselves up with so-not, and the, th- the worst thing is about it is they know what the Word says. They're filled with knowledge of the Word. First, their motive was dark and dirty, even Learning the word, the, the, they weren't learning the Word to get closer to God. They weren't learning the word to know what He was thinking. They weren't learning the word to know how He was feeling. They were learning the word to make themselves look better. And then they know so much, and then and, and they know so much, and they, they do nothing to serve the kingdom. When they know all about His word, they do nothing to serve the kingdom of God. They don't tithe, but they know so much word. They, they walk around uh, the Christian community uh, feeling higher than all those around them. And you know what that does? That deflates people that really want to grow and learn. I can never be like this person. Oh, this person is amazing. And then, and then you have the babes in Christ They will start to look up to people like that because this person knows so much. And then they will say, oh, this person knows so much. I want to be like them as I grow in my walk with God. And what they're learning from that person is memorizing Bible, memorizing Bible, them doing nothing for the kingdom of God. And many times those that are so full of knowledge don't even show love of God. Did the Pharisees love? Did they show love to the people? But they know the word. How many times in the word does God tell us to love, to love, to love? He says the greatest of these is to love. All the knowledge. No application. In closing, Sister Erica, in closing, that was a PSA. Maybe somebody watching needs to hear it. In closing, there's so much work to be done in the kingdom of God. There's so much work. Church, look around you. Look around the world that we're living in. Destruction, violence. Look around. The world needs Jesus. There's so much work be done. It's time we all grow up. There's areas in my life I have to grow up in. There's areas in my walk I need to grow up in. I'm not saying, I'm I'm not telling you to grow up. I say we need to grow up. We all need to grow up. And allow God to use us as He desires to do so. Key word, as He desires to do so. When you you look up grow up in the dictionary, it says advance to maturity. Develop into an adult. How many of us want to advance in our walk with God? How many of us want to develop in our walk with God? Ask yourself. You're sitting there right now. Search your heart. Are you ready to make a firm commitment? Because some of us have made commitments, and then we drop it. We make another commitment when we drop it. Are you willing to make a firm commitment before God today and say, God, I, want to, I need to grow up. I need to grow up, and i got to stop playing these games. i got to stop being lukewarm. i got to stop showing up once every four or five months. I need you. I need you. And we can start with three things. We can start with letting go our childish speech. We can start with letting go our childish thoughts. And we can start with letting go our childish reasoning, our childish thinking, uh, reasoning, understanding. Father God, speak to us today. Convict our hearts today. Father God, in in some way, we all should be convicted today. Because we all can grow more. We all can mature more. We all can develop more. Father God, we need you more and more each day. We cannot grow on our own. We need you. We want you. We do our part, Lord, but but we need you, Lord. We We need the encouragement of your Holy Spirit. We need the motivation of your Holy Spirit. Right now, if there's anyone watching that has not yet made the commitment to serve Christ, to accept Christ, to become a child of God, today you can make that decision. You can say, I'm done being a child. I want to grow up in the Lord. And make that decision today. And if that's you, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. There's so many ways to reach out. Our church has a, a, a Facebook inbox. Our church has an email address. Like, let us know. Church has a phone number. Just call us, email us, inbox us. Let us know that this is a decision that you want to make, and I guarantee you, you will pray with either myself or with someone, one of our leadership staff members. Father God, right now, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that's working in, in the lives of so many right now watching. Continue to develop and mature us. We worship you. We praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen.